It ain't easy being a sheep. You need a lot of care. They have a tendency to wander. They have no real means of self-protection. And they don't understand things like the shepherd understands things. So you can see why the Bible refers to you and me as sheep. And today, with Jesus' sheep metaphor in mind, we're talking about those who would, who would like to influence us, maybe even use us, maybe get something from us, maybe, maybe even harm us. You heard those things read about a moment ago from John chapter 10. First, there are hired hands who will use you and toss you. A real shepherd owns the sheep and loves the sheep. A hired hand, on the other hand, is looking for a way to earn some money, and so, the, so he agrees to watch the sheep for pay. He'll, he'll count the sheep, and, and he'll get them to pasture, but, but if push comes to shove, i.e. a predator attacks the sheep, he's likely to run, because those aren't his sheep after all. Jesus' teaching about sheep and hired hands is told in the context of the mistreatment of people by their religious leaders. Lots of the religious leaders of Jesus' day enjoyed the power, prestige, and privilege of their positions, but they didn't, they didn't really love the people. They, they used the people. There still are so-called hired hands. Sometimes it's religious leaders. It's also true in other situations, like relationships, even the workplace. For example, maybe it's the father and grandfather in me, but I often feel the need to remind young ladies in particular, and I don't want to sound creepy, but there are guys who will tell you anything to get what they want from you, and, and then they'll drop you. Of course, there are lots of wonderful, considerate Christian young men out there, but there are also, there are also some who aren't interested in you they're interested in what they can get from you, like, like Jesus talked about hired hands. That's not true only for teenagers, whatever your age. Don't trust your heart and don't trust your future to so-called hired hands, someone who doesn't have your best interest at heart. For example, when, when you're considering a, a new job, ask yourself if the owners, the bosses, the managers have your best interest at heart. Are they just using, using you? I, I'd say, if they're just using you, I'd say life is too short to work for somebody whose heart you can't trust. And what about trying to please people who, deep in your heart, you know are using you? Teresa McBean was the recovery minister at our church in Richmond. She told a powerful story one day from her high school years. Day after day, in the hallway, one year she would pass by a gathering of athletes, jocks, and a girl who was mentally challenged. Often, the girl from the special needs class would be dancing for the athletes who often would toss coins at her feet. One day, Teresa heard one of the guys say to the young lady, if you'll dance for us, we'll be your friends. Teresa pulled the young lady aside and said to her, you don't have to dance for those guys, and they are not your friends. You too are going to be tempted to dance for people who, who don't really care about you. You're going to be tempted to do that in order to earn their admiration, but, but don't. Do what you know deep in your heart to be right. Don't dance for 
hired hands, people who pretend to be on your side when they are in it for themselves. Don't let people use you. So Jesus said, there are hired hands. He also said, there are strangers, Jesus said, thieves and robbers from whom you should run. Sheep are defenseless. Their only answer to a threat really is to, is to run. Jesus said in John 10, 5, as you heard read a moment ago, sheep will never follow a stranger. They run from him. That's what, that's what we teach our children, isn't it? We say, stranger danger. We tell them, when a stranger offers you a ride or gives you candy so that you'll get in the car with him, run. That's what our Lord is talking about in this text. When a stranger or a thief sneaks into the sheepfold, run. But what does that mean? Maybe you know the Old Testament story of Joseph. Just like in the script of a modern day soap opera, Joseph's, Joseph's boss's wife began making her move for Joseph, alone with him in the house one day. She tried to seduce him, and the Bible says that Joseph ran out of the house. He was a red-blooded male. He, he knew the temptation, and, and he, he knew the danger, and, and, and knew he had, to, he had to leave. Joseph got as far away from the seductress as he could, as quickly as he could. People of strong character know when it's time to get out of a tempting situation. Sometimes it means leaving the scene right then, immediately, running like Someone shows up at a party and is su surprised to find that illegal substances are everywhere and immediately leaves. A man or a woman finds himself in a difficult position at work, is asked to do something that he or she knows is wrong. So rather than compromise his or her morals and ethics, that person finds another place of employment. A teenager or an adult realizes he or she is in an unhealthy relationship and, and breaks it off. Listen, if you are in a relationship or a situation that's, that's dangerous and unhealthy, something that would compromise your convictions, you need to run. Several years ago, I read a story about Irk Russell, a coach at Georgia Southern College. Coach Russell wanted to teach his football team a lesson about illegal drugs. So he arranged for two good old country boys to interrupt a team meeting one day. As the team sat listening to the coach, the two boys burst into the room and threw a six-foot-long hissing rattlesnake right in front of the players. The players screamed and scattered at the sight of the snake. Coach Russell explained later, I told the team, when cocaine comes into a room, you're not nearly as apt to leave as when that rattlesnake comes in, but they'll both kill you. If you see that white stuff, he said, get out like it's a rattlesnake, because it is. Coach Russell was right. Sometimes you just got to get out. Whether it's cocaine or kickbacks, an abusive boyfriend or someone leading you down a dangerous path, run. If it's unhealthy, unethical, improper or immoral, you are as vulnerable as a sheep. Don't walk, run. There is a shepherd whose love is so pure he would lay down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A good shepherd shows love for the sheep in a number of ways. 
He rubs salve on their wounds. He leads the sheep to still waters. He picks the thorns and burrs out of their wool. He extracts them from the, the entanglement of the bushes they wandered into. But nothing matches the willingness of the shepherd to lay down his life for his sheep. The sheep's greatest threat is the predator and nothing matches the willingness of a shepherd to stand between the bloodthirsty wolf or cougar and the defenseless herd. Jesus showed his love for us in many ways, from healings to weeping over the tomb of Lazarus to inviting children to come to himself. But nothing demonstrated his love for us like that Friday when he took upon himself our sins and died. That's why the universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a stethoscope, though we believe from time to time Jesus miraculously heals. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a whiteboard, though we believe Jesus was history's greatest teacher. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a lion, though Jesus was history's greatest leader. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is a cross, for humanity's ultimate need is redemption from our sin. Last spring, in our live Good Friday service broadcast from an empty sanctuary, I told a story I want to tell again. Catherine Tucker Wyndham is a wonderful Alabama storyteller. In her book, Spit, Scary Ann, and Sweat Bees, she wrote this story from her school days. When Catherine was a little girl, she and her friend Ruth put a frog in their teacher's desk drawer during recess. She couldn't remember where they got the frog, but, but they had it, she said, and, and the room was empty, and, and the temptation was just too great, she said. Well, the teacher came in after recess, sat at her desk, opened the drawer, and the frog hopped out into her lap. Once the teacher had gotten her breath, she was awfully, awfully angry. Who did this, she demanded. Her dark eyes were like daggers. Catherine was about to confess when her boyfriend, Lyles Carter, looked at her and shook his head. I did it, Miss Pierce, Lyles Carter told the teacher. That was not surprising to Miss Pierce. Lyles Carter was often in trouble. Those were the days of spankings, and Lyles Carter got a hard one. I heard the licks, Catherine Tucker Wyndham said, licks that should have been applied to me. That's a great story and reminds me that Jesus laid down his life for me. It's, it's not a perfect story, of course. No human story is sufficient to bear the weight of such significant meaning and powerful truth. And we don't want to picture God as a mean school teacher who had a trick played on her. So no story is perfect, but that story does remind me of 1 Peter 2.24. He took upon Himself our sins in His body on the tree. We are sinners by nature and by choice, and the Lord Jesus had no sin. I heard the licks, Catherine Wyndham said, licks that should have been applied to me. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, laid down His life for you. And then He said in John 10, I took it up again three days after His death. 
He is no ordinary shepherd. His love and power are, are without limit. He is the shepherd worth following. And I invite you to do that right now. To pray a prayer offering yourself and all you are to Jesus. To tell Him you're all in as of right now. And find you a good church. The sheep there, they'll be imperfect. But you need that community. And alongside them, follow the Good Shepherd. <laughs>